Hey everyone, it's Andrea from Connecticut. You're listening to A Paranormal Chicks with the lovely Donna and Carrie. I waited until I had laryngitis to record this just so I can sound extra super sultry. Have fun listening to this sinister sightings. Bye. Donna and I'm Carrie and we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 117. And you just heard that intro by Andrea G. Who was sounded very sexy. Right. How come when she's sick she sounds like amazing and when we're sick we just sound stopped up. We just sound like there's a bubble in our throats so that we need to clear. Right. The world may never know. <laughs> we're just not lucky that way. She's a Phoebe and we're not. True. Good example. Get laryngitis, they said. You'll sound sexy. And Andrea said, okay. Why not? <laughs> if you want to sound sexy, rexy, whatever, mm-hmm. on your intro or not, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. All right. The first sinister sightings is, hey, mama. Hey, ladies. I hope you're staying positive and testing negative. I have a story for y'all that I've wanted to share, but it's taken me forever to finally sit down and send it. So I guess I'll jump right in. In 2011, my mom passed away very unexpectedly. At this time, I was three hours away from home in college and didn't make it in time to say goodbye. We were very close, so it had been a struggle coping with it, even now, almost 10 years later. I wish more people understood that grief never weakens or ends. It just becomes easier to live with. Anyway, it's important to know she always made a very distinct throat clearing sound. So distinct, we could be shopping in the same store, be separated, and I could still find her by that sound alone. So fast forward eight years later, so last year, 2019, I am now 28 years old, married to my husband of five years, And we recently had a baby girl in March. Like most new mothers, I don't have my mother to turn to for support and advice. And while it sucks big balls, I'm dealing with it. When my daughter started sleeping in her own room, I immediately started to hear things. The first thing I heard was knocking two to three times right next to the baby monitor. As if someone was knocking on the table next to it. Like you would the front door. Even that hard or shuffling as if someone was walking around. It scared the crap out of me since it was in the middle of the night, and as far as I knew, it was just my daughter in her room. I woke my husband up, made him get out of bed, and check on my daughter to see if there was someone in her room. Of course, there wasn't. She was fast asleep, and he said it must have been me being a sleep-deprived new mom. So I figured he was right, and I rolled over and went back to sleep. Yeah, hell no, it wasn't me being sleep-deprived. This went on for months. Always around 12.30 or 1 a.m., I'd hear the same knocking. Sometimes hard, sometimes a little softer. Insert Donna Peen joke here. I saw you, like, kind of want to say yes, one. Yeah. I saw your body lang- language, like, like visibly <laughs> shift because you wanted to lean forward and say something, but you knew it wasn't the time. I know, I know. I finally just grew used to it. It didn't wake up my daughter, just a few knocks, shuffling, and nothing else. One night, about four months later, it was around 1.30 a.m. 
I was laying in bed reading, why the F doesn't anyone mention new moms having insomnia? And instead of knocking, I heard the throat clearing sound my mom used to make over the baby monitor. I immediately sat up and froze. I hadn't heard that sound in more than eight years, but I'd recognize it anywhere. After about five minutes of me frozen, wondering if I was hearing things, I heard it again, immediately followed by my daughter's little giggle. I scrambled to check the baby monitor. Side note, I finally decided to get one with a video camera because mama likes her sleep when she actually can, and after months of getting up and sticking my head in my daughter's room to see nothing, I figured this was a much better option. Any hoodles, I checked the monitor to see her looking up and giggling, staring at the same spot above her. I sat there and watched, speechless. About five minutes later, she fell right back asleep. Now, here we are, over a year and a new house later, her house, BTW. This still happens at least once a week, always around 1 a.m., and I finally decided that it's my mom checking on my daughter, letting me know she's okay and that everything is all right, that I'm doing a good job as a mom. Sometimes you just need your mom, and I'm so lucky to be able to have a peace of mind, even if it's from the other side. I'm sorry if this has been long and if I'm rambled. My grammar is probably shit too, but sorry not sorry. Love you gals and listen to your episodes religiously. Your friendship is so amazing and it truly makes me feel like I'm part of the crew. Plus, I'm always getting weird looks from other drivers when I'm constantly fighting to not crash my car while I'm listening because I'm laughing so hard I can't breathe. Keep up the wonderful work you do and the laughter you share. Love from another extra large pizza to another. Shelby from Texas. Oh my gosh. Your mom literally did the knock, knock, penny, knock, knock, penny, <laughs> knock, knock, penny. Right. And how you know Donna so well that she was going to want to say a penis joke? Right. Uh, because she listens to us religiously. I don't know how I would have reacted after hearing that throat clearing sound after I haven't heard it in eight years. Like, ugh, I would have done the same thing you did and been like, mm, I think I didn't hear that. And then to hear it again. I would have lost my shit, honestly. This is probably why I'm not a parent, because I would have, like, lost my shit, been stuck in my bed for days at a time, like, in an emotional mess, I think. I don't know. That's how I thought I would be when my mom passed, and I wasn't, so I don't know. But that is sweet that you did get that moment and that kind of just reassurance that she is there, she sees her granddaughter, and it's like, you got this. Like, you're a good mom. You know, that was a sweet moment. Okay, the next one. I absolutely love listening to your podcast. Often listen during my early morning runs and end up creeping myself out. Uh, You and I have different meanings of early morning runs. I just got to say that right now. You aren't fucking lying. Every goddamn morning Donna has to. <laughs> what shit every morning you have to shit you know it actually has been different lately and i don't know why okay sorry enough about my shit though i wanted to share a sinister side in with you my dad passed away a couple of years ago and he adored my son and my son truly loved my dad my son even has one of my dad's quilts on the end of his bed a few weeks ago i was going to wake my son up before i left for work It was a little dark, so my son's room was still pretty dark. 
As I entered the room, I saw a figure leaning over the bed. I said, oh, sweetie, I didn't know you were already up. As soon as I said that, my son sat straight up in his bed and said, what? And all of a sudden yelled, that's not me. As soon as he said that, I was running out of the room. Mom of the year. I know. (laughs) My son followed close behind. Although he is 14, he is much larger than me, and he was on his own. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) She said, she like, nope, the fuck out of there. (laughs) It was like, every man for himself. (laughs) Today, you are a man. (laughs) (laughs) Mufasa. Or whatever, Simba. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! That made me giggle. Okay, we dismissed it as it must be Grandpa, so we were okay with the sighting. Fast forward a couple of weeks, and my son was sharing the story with a friend when he said, "Your grandfather is in heaven. That wasn't your dad. We need to pray over you now to keep the evil out of your house." So much for feeling comfort with the sighting. Now we're scared whatever that was may appear again. Thanks again for making my morning run so much fun. Creep it real, Susie S. Well, I mean, who is this kid that is telling you this? I mean, is this a kid that, like, has premonitions or something? Mm-hmm. If it's a 14-year-old, why, why are you believing this 14-year-old? I mean, is it somebody that's, like, trying to stir up drama? Or is it somebody that, like, legit has premonitions? Right. And then, like... How do you explain every other person that's, like, in heaven Mm -hmm. that comes back and sees their... I mean, like, Shelby's story just before that. Right. I don't think anybody ever said that they can't come back from that. Right. I think you should still find comfort in it because I don't think... Well, I think y'all both were scared at first just because... um, There's something. Yeah, it's not y'all and it's a figure... You know, but then you did find comfort in that and you didn't just feel scared after that. So I I feel like if it was something negative, it would have been still lingering there because it would have made y'all want to be scared because it would have fed off of y'all's emotions. Mm -hmm. So I think that your friend might be mistaken. Just my humble opinion as a third party observer with no particular interest in the matter. Besides saying my opinion. And she will always say her opinion. Yes. The next one is called Not So Sinister Sightings. Hey ladies, my name is Zoe and I'm new to the podcast, but I absolutely adore it and you. I've got a couple of stories for you and they sort of go hand in hand. The first one takes place in my friend's house. I need to sort of explain the layout. When you walk in the front door, it opens to the living room, and then there's about five steps that takes you to the second floor, where the bedrooms are. Anyway, it was her, another friend, and me just hanging out one night in the spring of eighth grade. If the three of us were spending the night together, we always slept in the living room, so we were in the living room watching a movie. I don't remember what it was. Probably Mean Girls. But around midnight, I heard something from the top of the stairs. Now, she's got two, maybe three at this point, I can't remember, dogs, so I sort of ignored it. But then it happened again, and I looked, and I didn't see anything, but I felt a presence. And I felt that I just need to say goodbye to it. 
So I said it out loud, and my friends were like, what? I just said, oh, nothing, and the night went on. In the morning, my dad called and said he was going to pick me up in like 20 minutes, which was weird because they said I could spend the whole weekend there. My dad picked me up and told me that my great-grandfather had passed just before midnight the night before. He also told a friend if he made it to heaven, he'd send a cardinal to let us know. And when my great-grandma went to call somebody that morning after he passed, she saw the yard had like five cardinals in it. The next one, I was a sophomore in high school when I was in my room asleep. Around 2.30, I woke up and again, didn't see anything, but I felt something at the foot of my bed. It didn't feel malicious, so I just said, hi, and went back to sleep. This happened the next night, and I responded the same way. The third night, I woke up and said, is there something you need? I felt the presence move toward the head of my bed, and it made me feel super loved and calm. After that, I fell back asleep easier than I had the rest of the week. I woke up for school, and my mom was crying in the kitchen. I don't know what made me say it, but I said, It's great grandma, isn't it? My mom nodded and said, they think she died around 2.30 this morning. They were husband and wife, and I spent my spring breaks with them as far back as I could remember, so that's why I think they wanted to stop by before they left. I haven't told anybody these stories except for my friend whose house we were at. Anyway, sorry for those super long stories, but I hope you and everyone else listening enjoyed them. Love you, ladies. That's so sweet that they both came to see you. Yes. Also, I would not be like, hey, how you doing? I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> right. All I pictured to when she said that she felt compelled to say goodbye was like, I said good day, sir. Yeah. <laughs> and like her friends being like, what? Like, nothing. Carry on. Also, um, why they got to be extra like me and do five cardinals instead of one? If I just out loud was like, goodbye, you'll be like, what? And I'm like, oh, I fell asleep. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. I'm like, huh? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. you were talking in your sleep. All right. Yeah. Or you wouldn't even have to say asleep. You really could have just been like, oh, I just said something. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, I don't know what I was saying. <laughs> I got confused. I don't fucking know. Seriously. That literally, I'm like, I don't fucking know what I just said. <laughs> I just had a stroke. I smell toast. And now I'm like, oh, okay. I know. God, when you're weird, you can get away with anything. <laughs> <laughs> Besides murder, they really, they, you're the usual suspect then. They frown upon that. <laughs> hey, ladies, it's Amber again with a few more creepy stories to tell. And I hope this one makes it just in time. For the countdown to Halloween. Well, Amber, um, it you is. see. It's three months until Halloween. What happened was, <laughs> you're early. Yay. <laughs> so here it goes with some background details to set the scene. Ooh, she rhymed. My occurrences are spiritual with some shadowy figures. Like with my last two stories being the shadows on top of me, try to give me a box and the whispering voices in my ear all when I was sick. Well, these stories, I'm in my teens and not feverishly sick. 
These stories I'm about to tell you were in my hometown of Portland, Oregon, in a sweet little old house in the Woodstock District. My family, which consisted of my older sister, Autumn, my mom, and a family friend who was a father figure to me, but has passed on. R.I.P. Mike. This house had some energy in it, but what made it feel like that, we couldn't put our finger on and didn't feel bothered by it too much. Just things that made you feel edgy. On a side note, real quick though, I always wondered if this was a part of a presence I think was following me for a while. You'll see what I mean as my stories go on. Right before we moved into this house, just me and my mom were renting a two-bedroom duplex and my sister was living with her boyfriend at the time. Only for a short minute, but this duplex gave me the creeps and we lived there for about three months. In this time, one day as I was coming home from school, I saw some unexpected shit that made me drop trowel and dip the fuck out. As he walked into the apartment entering the front door, there was a long hallway that reached the first two rooms and the bathroom before getting to the living room and the rest of the space. While walking in alone, about 13 years old, jamming with my headphones on, I do the routine, keeping head down while I'm dropping all my shit in the hallway, until I see it in the corner of my eye, that noticeable something in your peripheral vision. It was dark, tall as hell, shadowy, broad shoulders, intense, just standing there in the living room with the light coming in from behind it from the back door, so its shadowiness was almost highlighted, illuminating its dark presence. We've lived in the ghetto for most of my life at this time, and our place had been broken into more than a few times, so I instantly thought it was somebody because it was so solid, and about the half second it took to notice it, I backflipped out of the door so fast I felt sick. I left everything inside the door wide open, but the way our duplex was, I couldn't see into our place because the entry was a long hallway shared with our neighbor. Like, if the neighbor opened their front door, they would see ours. So the way I am now facing the place, I would be able to see anyone come out that shared entry or the back door into our tiny backyard. There were no windows on the other side for anyone to crawl out. All exits I could see. I'm standing in the parking lot just waiting for this person to walk out, and I don't know what I really expected to do at that point, but I sure felt hella more confident seeing them outside with passerbys walking around if I needed help. But it was weird. I wasn't too sure who or what I saw as nothing came out. I probably waited a good 10 minutes and nothing. At this time, I had just got a cell phone, was nothing fancy, just prepaid, where the hell are you kind of phone. And I knew it was there in my bag right by the front door. So I got the courage to go back inside just enough to grab my bag, run back out, and call Father Figure Mike, who lived just around the corner to check the house. I didn't reach him right away because, one, I wanted to see who left our place if they did, and, two, he worked night shifts, so he slept hard during the day. He came in, walked the place, nothing, and nobody was there. That was that. Just couldn't explain what I saw, but I saw something that made my heart jump. Now, a little time has passed, and we're living in this house in a nice neighborhood, and shit just seemed perfect for once in my life. It's middle school age, late 1999s, 2000s, me and my friends just heathens who think we are witches, 
but good and no idea what we're doing, using Ouija boards, practicing random spells, all that. So as things continue, I have no idea if the house was haunted a little or a lot or me and my little friends welcomed something in over on our sleepovers, but shit got creepy for everyone there, except Mike. He was oblivious to that shit and slept like a rock. Here are a few what-the-fuck moments and two bigger personal occurrences. The kitchen had a lot of activity with dishes fly off the counter, not falling or tipping off the edge of the counter, but broken in the middle on the floor as if thrown. We had my grandmother's decorative dinner plate with the Last Supper painted inside it, hanging on the wall, and that was shattered in the middle of the floor as if tossed across. Things turning on by themselves, like the blender, the TV, radios. Like you would turn it off, walk away, and that shit would turn back on seconds, minutes later, or randomly. The scariest of them all I will describe in detail now. There were always the, eh, can't sleep, something's watching me feeling, but I always was a little chicken shit going to bed alone. Still am. But it was so much harder to do here. I did the whole Christmas light strung all over my room and the TV on all night while here, even though that crap just keeps me up, but that was the only way I could feel somewhat okay to fall asleep. This particular night, it was bad though. My bedroom door was closed, like always, and the way my bed was, I faced it. While I was laying there, I felt like I could not turn away from it because whatever feeling I had that was heavy, I knew something was standing at my door in the corner, and if I looked away, it would only get closer. I could just feel it, not see it. Finally, going crazy, I made myself roll over and face the wall, telling myself, it's not real, grow up, when all of a sudden, that shit sat down on my bed. Mm-mm. Oh my God, that feeling when someone softly sits down, you can feel that indent. I jumped out of that bed so damn quick that I don't even remember taking any steps out of my door but only that when I got out of the covers that they didn't flip off my bed when I tore out of there, as if the edge where I felt someone sit down held the blankets down. I jumped into my mom's bed, scaring the shit out of her. Her ass just tells me to go back and turn off all my lights and TV. Did you not just hear me? Some ghostly shit was in there. But that's my mom for you. That ghost ain't paying our electric bill. I went back in, didn't see shit, but still turned all my shit off and crawled back in bed with my mama. This last one I'm leaving you with was my other scariest moment while living there. This night, my mom and I were alone and all in bed. Her and my room were the two last ones on the end of the hallway, so our bedroom doors pretty much faced each other. Our house was built in the 30s, and a lot of the present interior, I believe, was still original. Some of the doors wouldn't shut completely unless you pulled a little harder till it clicked shut, and the floors were all wood, so a little drafty night could make them creak open and closed. This was one of those nights, but it was weird. The other doors were opening and closing together, not just creaking here and there, as if someone was going back and forth to the bathroom and the spare room consistently and annoyingly. At the same time, my mom and I both opened our bedroom doors 
thinking the same thing. What the fuck? This is annoying. So he went to those doors and made sure they were securely shut. I'm scared already, of course. So I automatically crawl into my mom's bed after this. She liked her room quiet and dark, unlike mine, so you could hear the drop of a needle in hers. It hadn't been more than five minutes before we heard it. The twisting and unlatching of a door handle down the hall. Scared as shit, we instantly grabbed hands. Then the creaking of the door opening. Getting even more scared, we hugged. But the creaking was long and slow, so you know the door is opening wider than before. I could feel me and my mom both holding our breath, and then all at once, slam! We screamed and grabbed each other, and I am pretty sure both tucked under the blankets together at the same time. Like, oh my god, nothing is scarier than being scared, and knowing the other one protecting you is just equally as scared, if that makes sense. Which, yes, it does, and I agree. But my mom, of course, decides to get up and go check. And I'm begging, no, are you crazy? Don't go. But she insists that if she does it, it's just going to happen again. So she does, and we say a quick prayer, then went to sleep. I'm pretty sure with one eye open and half awake. Nothing happened for the rest of the night, but damn, did I feel like I was going to die by a ghost that night. As the years went on and we moved out, And things for me still stayed a little creepy until I had my kids and I refused to let that element in my life hold me back from any more sleep than I was already deprived by being a new mother. Fought that shit off with mama bear strength. Not today or anymore, devil. But now as the years go on, I'm starting to wonder if my oldest son has carried on something. He's now 10 and has some more than interesting stories to tell like monsters in the trees and shadows crossing his path, but that's for another time to tell. Thanks for bringing back the childhood memories and laughs that keep me feeling real today in this year full of Mondays. Love you both. Stay safe and creep it real. Amber from Washington State. I can tell you one thing. I don't fucks with no Ouija board. We all know that. Now that I'm older, I go back and forth that sometimes I have to have the TV on, but like on silent or low... But then other times I have to have it pitch black up in my room. But then sometimes I do freak myself out and then I turn the TV on. So I'm like a mixture of you and your mom. I have to have the TV on. I like the sound. You know what one of my favorite things to go to sleep to right now is? What? On the case with Paula's on. Mmm. She's got a little bit of that, um, what's the lady that does the voice of the mom on The Incredibles that you don't love? Holly Hunter. Oh, careful. She has a little bit of that, like, Holly Hunter. You're sure? (laughs) Also, see, this is why I can't be a parent, because I'm going to be the mom that left the 14-year-old. I'm going to be Susie. I'm going to be Susie, who left her 14-year-old, to be like, bye. I wouldn't be the mom to be like, you know what? I'm going to go check it out. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be like, catch you when you catch up to me. (laughs) See ya. I'd be like, I think the monsters like them young. Gotta go. Because, <laughs> see, I think they prey on fear, so I gotta make the young ones more scared. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so your kid would be like, um, I think that they said that they prefer kids that look like their dads. <laughs> Mom, did people say I look like you? No, you don't. <laughs> it's a spitting image of him. Oh, God. I, oh. 
Yeah, I'm not cut out for that. The only way I would face the demon is if Marbu was asleep in the living room and that's where the demon was. That's the fucking truth. Okay, the next one is called Death Has a Name. Salutations, ladies. I had to change up the greeting. I hope you received the email in good health. I have attached my personal experience with death, loss, and a slightly haunted house. It's a long one, and it has a Spanish word, curador, which means spiritual healer. So you're going to have to roll the R's and the D sounds like the T-H in English. What? That's not what Google told me, and I still don't know how to pronounce it. Because <laughs> I did Google how to say it, and I still am not saying it right. So the D sounds like the... T-H. So the... Curator. Cure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's it. Curator. Okay. Curator. <laughs> there you go. Curator. Okay, I can't. I, I'm not good. It stresses me out, y'all. Or you can say spiritual healer, whichever is easier. I'm curious to hear what other stories you have lined up with mine because I have held on to this one for two months. My kids have encouraged or pushed me to share my story. They love you guys too, but I have to screen the episode before they listen. Because sometimes you girls can get a little wild. Clear's throat. Donna. <laughs> I mean, sometimes. Oh, love you guys. Y'all are great. <laughs> okay, so they say, you can't start without saying how awesome y'all are. I think the podcast is oh so wonderful. I came across your podcast in the suggestions section on Spotify. I'm so happy that I found your podcast because I love everything creepy, scary, and supernatural. My favorite part is the sinister sightings because it feels like you're around a group of friends telling stories. Love it. I also like a small mix of true crime. Just a little more about myself. I simply love Halloween and request to go to the haunted house on my birthday just about every year since I was about 26 years old. And of course, my birthday is All Hallows Eve. Dun, dun, dun. Maybe that's why I love the holiday so much. Hmm. Shrug shoulders. Who knows? With all that being said, I do believe in our Lord and Savior too. He's a big part of my life now. I'm telling you this because I think that it has something to do with my experiences in my youth. Just a small touch on the outer space subject. I have also seen freaking UFOs. Just two sightings, one in my early teens, then later in my late 20s. There has to be extraterrestrials out there. There's no way God made just us. Just saying. But that doesn't have anything to do with what I've written in this email. So let's start with one experience back in my early adulthood, 2004. I had finally graduated high school and was wanting to get out on my own. My mother and I searched for an affordable rent house. We finally find this two-bedroom, one-bath house. Rent wasn't cheap, but affordable. At this point in time in my life, I was working two full-time jobs, single and ready to mingle. Hey, so I definitely had money for rent. But I still lived on ramens and frijoles. After putting down the security deposit, I bring my older sister in to check out my new pad. At first, she was very excited. I wanted to show her where the laundry room was, which was in the garage about 20 feet away from the house. Now, we aren't uppity, but we've never seen a laundry room outside of a house. Only on TV. Yes, we were very sheltered growing up. Can you say, latchkey kid, that was us. So I wanted to show her this first. While we were in the backyard, my sister gets super uber quiet. I mean, stone cold quiet. It was eerie. I touched her shoulder and asked her if everything was okay. She just shook her head yes, but not looking at me. 
She kept staring at the back bedroom window of the house. I didn't think anything of it and shrugged it off. She's funny like that sometimes. We walk to the house and I give her the grand tour of my new home. I could tell something was bothering my sister, but she assured me she was fine. We go inside the house and make it to the back bedroom. She wouldn't walk in the room. She just stayed at the door. At this point, I didn't care what she thinks she saw. I had my own home. I stayed in this rent home for about six months. I worked 80 hours a week, and when I let myself have days off, I either slept or I was out with friends. Also, I worked nights, so I was a big-time night owl. I was also trying to date someone at the time. We'll call him Miles. One night, I wanted to show off my new bachelorette pad to Miles. I was really trying to reel this one in, girls. Miles was everything and a bag of chips. When I took him to the new house to show him the layout, and more particularly, my bedroom, which was next to the door to the back bedroom, he freaked out when we got to the hallway. He was staring into the back bedroom. He just wanted to leave and didn't want to stay. So we left and I asked him what happened. Was it something I said? He said he saw something in that back bedroom. A black hooded figure with red glowing eyes staring at him. Uh, yeah, that is what he saw. I was freaked out too. I still wasn't completely moved in at this time. I was still staying with my parents. So I called my sister the next day and I tell her what happened. She said, I didn't want to scare you, but I saw the same thing. What the actual fuck? She saw something and didn't freaking tell me? So she and I go back and forth in conversation. We had come to the conclusion that I needed to have the house blessed. Now, at this time, I had fallen away from the church and didn't attend very often or not at all. I was sowing wild oats, I guess. But I knew in my heart that God will protect me. So, of course, I go to my mom and I tell her what's going on. She goes out and gets old school Mexican on me. Also, with the advice from her mom, my grandmother, she comes in and blesses my house with sage and holy water. At least, I assume it was sage. She said, this smoke has to be in every nook and cranny, and that smoke everywhere, inside the cabinets, bathroom, everywhere, literally ceiling to floor and everywhere in between. After the blessing, I felt better. By the way, I'm Catholic, so I lit some candles and prayed. Who wouldn't feel relief after that? But wait, there's more. Fast forward six months and I've been working both jobs and just got home from working the second 16-hour shift of my rotation. By this time, I'm so exhausted and went straight to sleep as soon as my head hit my pillow. When I finally wake up to get ready from the last leg of my rotation, I go into the kitchen to get something to eat. Every cabinet door and drawer were open. Yes, just like in the movies. Everything was opened. So I casually walk in and just say out loud, I must have left all these open. Let's keep these closed. La la la. <laughs> After that, I didn't have anything like that happen again. I was also making minimum wage and didn't have much money for groceries. Maybe the spirit was saying, girl, you need to go food shopping. Occasionally, I would also hear someone walking to my bathroom. I lived alone. I didn't have a roommate at this time. So back to Miles. He passed away from a car accident. It was one of the most devastating things to have ever happened to me personally. 
he was my one true love and first heartbreak. So, of course, I go through the throes of grief and end up at my doctor's office. He gives me some meds to cope with Miles' death, but I felt that I needed something deeper to help me. So, mother takes me to a cure Thor. You got to roll those R's and the D is like the T-H in English, or you can just say spiritual healer. It's up to you. I tell him what's been going on with Miles' death and about the black hooded figure with the glowing red eyes that my sister and Miles saw. He told me that this was like a heads up of what was going to happen. He said that the hooded figure was death. Yes, death. The spirit that takes your soul when you pass. He also shared with me that death didn't like to hear her name that we gave her. And her name is Alma Blanca, I think. He gave me a cleaning with holy water and prayer. The cleaning is supposed to get rid of all the negative energy that one carries with them. Truly, after this, I felt a lot better. I knew that Miles was in a better place, and I didn't have anything malice in my home. Shortly after that, I moved out and found another place to live. Like I said, I was young and worked two full-time jobs. I ended up back at my parents a few more times after that. It wasn't until a few years later that I grew a stronger relationship with our Lord. One more thing. A few days after Miles passed, I heard doves cooing. The spiritual healer told me that it was Miles telling me he was okay. I've always believed that nature tells us things we would normally ignore. I also feel that if you stop to admire nature, that it's your moment with God. He does amazing things. I have one more story about a cousin who passed away several years ago and how she visited me in a dream and the two UFO sightings. I'll send them in if you'd like to hear those stories. Um, Not sorry for the long email. I hope this email reaches you in good health, Trisha. Well, funny you should say good health because we just got both better from a cold. Also, so is the, okay, so the death thing is like if you see it, you're going to die. So like was your sister fine or like was it there to like get Miles? So did it know Miles was coming because your sister saw it before Miles? Was it coming to get you? Was it like, like why, like why did both of them see it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Was it just like hanging out in that house and then whoever it got, it got? But like if your sister Mm. saw it too... But it got miles. Why? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. We need answers. And we for sure need those other stories. Yeah, you got to send those in. Maybe it really was like after miles. Like it was all like, you know what I mean? How it knew it was he was going to be there. And maybe her sister's just more sensitive than she is. And so she picked up on it. But she wasn't as scared as miles was. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she didn't feel like super threatened by it, but he did, it seemed. So, you know what I mean? Like maybe it did feel purposeful to him or, you know, I don't know. Who knows? But yes, yeah, send in all those stories. Yes. On to the next one. This is the angel of death? Question mark. Hello, my soul sisters. I swear we are BFFs and don't know it. I'm an extra large pizza myself and an OG listener thanks to a dear friend of mine who turned me on to y'all in July of 2018. Dang. Holy shit. You are an OG listener. (laughs) First off, I want to start off by saying you ladies have no idea how much y'all have helped the hubs and I during the shit show called 2020. My husband is very susceptible to COVID, so we have been literally nowhere since March. 
your laughs, kind words, and sitting on the edge of your seat cases and sinister sightings have made our hard days a little easier to get through. Okay, now that I have bored y'all to death, let's get on to my story. Are you kidding? You're talking about us. <laughs> Who are y'all, Leo? <laughs> I learned from the best. Oh, thank you. Leo. Leos are the best. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'll just teed that right the fuck up. You did, <laughs> you did. I'll start off by saying from a very early age, I've been able to see spirits and sense things others cannot. I've told my BFF how many children she would have, the gender, as well as who she would have them with, long before she ever met her son's dad. I have what some would call visions, but to me, it's just daily life. But I digress. My husband and I have been married for about 10 years when this happened. I used to work nights at a state prison here where we live, so I was up all night long. Bedtime for me was usually around 6 a.m. My husband at one time would stop breathing in his sleep, and when this would happen, I would shake him awake and he would catch his breath and go back to sleep. Sometimes this would happen several times in one night. So me staying up at night at times was literally a lifesaver for him. This particular night was like a normal night. I was most likely watching cold case files, first 48 hours, or some crazy scary shit on YouTube. As I was laying in bed next to my husband, I noticed in the corner of our room by the door, there was a dark floating figure hovering close to the ceiling. At first, I thought it was my eyes playing tricks on me, but as my eyes began to adjust to the darkness, I realized that it was moving towards our bed. The only way I can describe what it looked like was maybe a Dementor on Harry Potter or the way the clothing on screen looked. To say I was paralyzed with fear is an understatement. I watched in fear as it floated towards my husband. It is literally floating above the bed over him when I snapped to and realized my husband wasn't breathing. As I began to shake him, whatever it was, slowly turned its head and looked directly at me. I knew I had to wake my husband up or he was going to die right there with me watching. I shook him and I shook him and he wasn't waking up. I began to panic and shook him even harder. When he wasn't waking up, I literally punched him in the face. As soon as he took a breath, whatever it was over him disappeared. I want to also add that when he took a breath, his mother who also, before her passing, was a sensitive and had visions as well, called me and asked me if her son was okay. I don't know if it was the angel of death or what it was, but I do know I would have lost my husband that night had I not been there to wake him up. I'm sorry if this is a long one, but I have many, many more experiences with the paranormal as well as other things that have happened to me. Let me know if you ladies would like to hear them. Thank you again for your podcast and being such amazing people. Lots of love, Amanda G. from West Texas. Okay, first, I'm glad you said the scream thing because I don't know what a Dementor from Harry Potter looks like, but that was scary. I don't even know how you could snap out of that to save your husband because maybe why I will never be married because I would again be like frozen in fear. I mean, fucking sleep apnea is scary enough from your partner. I can't fucking imagine something hovering over him and keeping him from fucking breathing. What if that's, like, above everyone who has sleep apnea? I don't want to think about that. I don't think so. I don't know, but 
I'm glad that I'm glad that he's okay. I'm glad he has you in his life to uh, keep him safe. Yeah. And also, um, since you are amazing with your uh, premonitions, uh, what do you have about me? Am I? Oh uh, my future? fucking Leo! <laughs> I mean, I'm just wondering. Oh, inquiring minds here. No, literally none. <laughs> okay, the next one is called "Why Are Men." There's a few rants in this story, a.k.a. caps, but it made me so angry at the time, and thinking about it made me angry all over again. If men have nothing else, they have the audacity, even on Halloween, unless you're a literal skeleton, get the fuck out of here. Anyways, a friend and I were in line at the grocery store in town, and these two girls, our guess is they were 15 to 17 years old, lined up behind us. Everything was fine for a few minutes until this older gentleman, late 30s, 40s, comes up behind them. And I noticed him, but I didn't think much of it because I assumed it was their dad. No joke. One minute later, this piece of shit is hitting on these children. Me and my friend gave each other looks and then immediately told the girls to put their pumpkins up on the till. And I stepped back so I was at least close to the P.O.S., these girls do all the things we do, laugh uncomfortably as this grown-ass man is flirting with them. And then he has the audacity to say, oh, I'm not hitting on you, don't worry, as he looks them up and down and then stares at the girl's chest. My friend sees this and loudly declares that she has no shits left to give and will murder someone with her gaze while making direct eye contact with this loser. It was the middle of the afternoon, but still, we weren't about to let this creep follow these girls out. So when we've paid, we go and sit outside on the benches by the exit. The girls come out a few minutes later, presumably to their car, and we waited a few more minutes just to see if he came out looking for them. We didn't see the guy after that or where he went, probably home to his mom's basement. I don't know. Anyway, please be aware of the people around you, and if you see something shady, say something, even if it's just with a look. Worst thing that happens is it's just a misunderstanding, like it really could have been one of their dads. But if I was a young high school girl trying to live my best spooky life and some creepy douchebag decided to look me up and down while he's telling me he's not hitting on me, I would have appreciated one person acknowledging what was going on, checking to see if I was safe, just being present and aware. We need to react to things like this so grown-ass men don't think it's appropriate to approach young girls or anyone like this in public. Stay safe and say something. Love you, girls. Tawny. So true because, I mean, these poor girls don't necessarily know like how to react or what to say when someone approaches them. You know, if they're young like that, I mean... I mean, what do you say? What do you do? How do you tell them no if they're a grown-up, you know? Right. I was going to say, when they're an adult. So, absolutely. Say something. I don't know what else to really add to that, because I think Tawny and you said it all about that. <laughs> like, yes, see something, say something, but make sure you're safe yourself. Yeah, don't put yourself in a dangerous situation. Yeah. Well, we have one last thing and we haven't had one in a while but we got an ambient story da, da, da. yes hey y'all it just occurred to me that you may have not gotten my ambient story so i'm gonna try and remember all the details to share it with you now 
You can use my name because anyone who knows me has heard this before, plus Shame and I aren't acquainted. So I was working as a bartender at an Irish pub, and it was my night off, but the bar was slammed, so I jumped behind the pine to help. I got the bartenders out of the weeds, then made myself a drink when this man began yelling at me. I turned around, and there was a short, dirty, old, grumpy man standing there. I said, I'm not working. She'll take care of you in a minute. I can't remember what he said to me, but I do remember that I felt very threatened and called for our bouncer to remove him from the bar. Bouncer took him out, and the crowd swelled at the bar again, so I started slinging drinks. As I finished, I turned around, and the man who had just been bounced was right in my face. This time, I yelled for the bouncer and the bar manager. They grabbed him and literally threw him out of the bar. I went to the cooler to cry. That's what we do. And calm down because I was very shaky at this point. I stayed back there for about 10 minutes, then came out to find the bar crowd dwindling as it was close to closing time. I had my Ambien with me and usually took it before bed, but I lived only a mile away from where I worked, so I decided to take it as I was leaving the bar. Bad move. I remember driving down Main Street and nothing else. I woke up in my bed, PJs on, hair up, and makeup off. I was impressed. Got up to go to the bathroom, and as I sat my extra-large pizza ass on the toilet seat, I thought, why did I have a dream about shitting myself? (gasps) You don't dream on Ambien. At least, I don't. But that hadn't crossed my mind yet. I just thought, wow, what a strange dream to have of all dreams. Around five hours later, it hit me. You don't dream on Ambien. I went immediately to the bed. My very clean bed. Nothing there. Ran back to the bedroom. Flipped up the toilet seat. Nothing there. I looked in the trash. No extra paper towels or tissues or anything. Looked in the shower. It was wet, but nothing in it. Then I ran to the laundry basket, and that's when I saw it. The jeans I had had on had a huge mark in them as if something was wiped out of them. Oh my God. Underwear were wet but clean. That's when I had a very fast memory of having sat on the toilet with the seat closed, and shitting without pulling my pants down. Oh, no. Ambie and me must have cleaned up my clothes and put my body in the shower, then in the bed. Soon after, I stopped taking it. Melatonin does not have that effect, and it gets the job done. I hope this made you laugh. Love you both so much. Thank you for being the thing that makes my work days fly by, Stephanie. Oh, Oh my God. Shit. Oh, my shit. <laughs> this blows your shit water out of the water. <laughs> oh, my shit. <laughs> and if y'all don't know the shit water I'm talking about, that's why you need to be on Patreon. I'm just saying. Oh, my gosh. Whew, Stephanie. I just love that, like, huh. Why did I have a dream about shitting my pants? That's hilarious. And then, like, just, like, the processing of, like, wait a tick. Yeah, I just love that, you like. You don't dream on Ambien. <laughs> like, go into the bed. It's clean. Go into the shower. I love, like, or to the toilet. It's clean. Shower. Clean. Like, <gasps> and then you see it. But at least your Ambien self, like, is a very clean 
person. Yeah, your ambient self was like, had your back, man. Yeah. My ambient self, like, I would have been fucking rolled all over it. And, like, it would have been, I would have woke up and been like, what the fuck happened? I don't know. I, I don't. I would have had pink eye. That's what it would have happened. I, I, like, part of me wants to know what I would be like on Ambien. Oh, my God. If you ever take it, we're videoing it. Because Lord knows what you would do on Ambien. But, like. Actually, no. Ambien, you would just sleep. Like, yeah. Like, part of me wants to know. <laughs> but, like, part of me knows that it would be probably, like, really bad. I honestly think you would just sleep for, like. A whole fucking 24 hours. Maybe longer than that. <laughs> I'd be like, is she dead? What's going on? Did she But did she die? But like your eyes doing like the rapid eye movement underneath there. And yeah. it's just like going on. But I'm like, but you don't dream on Ambien. <laughs> she had to have died. <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> oh, my God. All I, oh, God. I'm just picturing you with your mask on and that's just like sitting around like waiting like hold on something funny might happen like, right four days later something funny might happen it's like she took half an ambient <laughs> it's been six days how the fuck is she still asleep <laughs> is she breathing <laughs> me uh she took four ambient how is she still awake and i'm like i mean i really don't feel a thing y'all i don't know i mean how much did you give me <laughs> is this a normal dose <laughs> This is what most people take. Maybe I had too much coffee. Maybe that counteracted it. I don't know. I mean, I did stop at McDonald's today and get a coffee. (laughs) I had cheesecake at dinner. Look, McDonald's has a really good coffee. I'm sorry. McCafe is amazing for the price. (laughs) And because we don't really have a coffee place around here, that's drive-thru. That's the key. Drive-thru. Yeah. Wow. Well, these stories were amazing this week. Thank y'all so much for sending them in. You know we love these. And you know all y'all's little teasers with, if you want me to send them in, uh, we fucking want you to send them in. Every time you say send them in, it sounds like cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Makes me want it real bad. Okay, well, like a hot dog? Mm-hmm. I love cinnamon. Oh, cinnamon toast is one of my faves. Yeah, I like that. My grandma used to keep cinnamon and sugar mixed, so you could mm. just make cinnamon toast like really quick Ooh. at her house. It was so good. Yeah, that sounds good. It was. Well, like she said, we absolutely love them. Y'all say that Sinister Sightings are some of y'all's favorite episodes. They're ours, too. Yes, so keep sending these stories in. We're going to keep doing them. Send the stories into aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and, and don't, don't get, get scared. scared.